Good John chapter six. John chapter six. We'll look at one verse. In verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Christ declared all, all that the Father gave him shall. I love the word of God. (laughs) All shall and he will. I want to spend a few moments today talking about what it is to come to Christ. How? How does a sinner come to Christ? How? We, we, we come to God, how? By Christ. That's, that's the only way we come to God is by Christ. No man cometh to the Father, he said, but by me. If you... No one can stand before God Almighty who is holy and just and pure and will, must, shall punish sin. No one can stand before him outside of Christ. But in Christ, in Christ, we are unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. But how, how do we come to Christ? How? How? I want to begin today actually by showing you how a sinner does not come to Christ. And we have several examples of this in the Word of God, but particularly today I want to look at 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. I know we're familiar with this passage of Scripture. But I want to, I want to look at a few things and we're going to make a comparison. Because there's, there's some very beautiful pictures here in this, in this chapter and in this account of how a sinner does not come to Christ. And then we're going we're to see some comparisons as well in regards to how a sinner comes to Christ. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Now Naaman. Naaman, Naaman was a big shot. Naaman was a very important and successful man. Naaman was captain of the host of the king of Syria and was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was a mighty man in valor. See, Naaman was a leper. Now this is you and I. Whatever we are, Whatever we have accomplished, whatever we have, we're lepers by nature. That's what we are. Naaman was a sinner. 
a sinner. You know, our, our brother read there in Isaiah 59. Everything about us, our lips, our hands, our feet, our eyes, our tongue, is sin, follows after sin, desires sin. Sin is mixed with all we do, everything. I mean, it pretty much this summed it all up, didn't it? Didn't it? Verse 2, and the Syrians had gone out by companies. And he had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. So she, she tells her of this prophet in Samaria that, that would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told the Lord, saying, told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go. And I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him. And first of all, I just want to make this point. What did the maid say unto Naaman's wife? She said there's a prophet in Israel. But where did Naaman go? He went to the king. We come to God the Father, how? By Christ, through Christ. Okay. And he sent a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed, and he took with him what? Ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, unto thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man descend unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And so it was when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me. To me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Let him come to me. So Naaman came, came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood. He stood. Stood at the door of the house of Elisha, and Elisha sent a messenger. Christ always sends a messenger, doesn't he? That Ethiopian eunuch traveling back in that desert from Jerusalem. How did he hear the gospel? Christ sent a messenger. Out there in the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere, he sent a messenger. 
to preach Jesus to him. How are they going to hear? God's going to send a preacher, and he's going to give him a message. Faith cometh how? By hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Well, that's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Go down and dip in the river, and your flesh will come clean. But Naaman was wroth. Naaman was mad. Naaman was angry. Why? And he went, and say, he went away and said, Behold, I thought. And therein lies the problem. I thought. God's thoughts are not our thoughts, nor are his ways our ways. But man's problem is he thought. I thought. I thought he'll come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You know what he wanted? An experience. A grand experience. One that met his estimation of himself, right? I mean, he's an important man. He, you know, he wanted something that would satisfy his pride. He wanted salvation to be on his terms. He wanted salvation to be his way. He wanted it to be this grand, extravagant experience. And that's what religion does. Religion creates these experiences. They'll play the music soft. You know, have people come down and and make a decision and say a prayer. It's emotional. It satisfies the flesh. And here's the thing. That's what the flesh wants. That's what this flesh desires. They come down because they want to be seen coming down. And he says, Are not Abana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee some great thing, wouldst thou thou not have done it? So how much then when he saith unto thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down. We got to come down, don't we? Got to come down. Zacchaeus had to come down. Paul had to go down. That's mercy right there in grace, isn't it? And dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. (laughs) And he was clean. Now remember what we're considering here in this passage. Naaman, how did he come? Naaman came with a great treasure of silver and gold, didn't he? He came with a great treasure. And he came basically with something to offer in exchange 
or something to offer in order to purchase salvation. The silver and the gold was an offer to purchase salvation. Okay? Naaman came with ten changes of raiment. He came in his righteousness. He came with something to offer. And Naaman came in his own righteousness, in his works. Naaman came with a letter of recommendation. And I can imagine that letter was probably a pretty good letter of recommendation. I mean, we read his, you know, we read about him in the beginning. And I'm sure that letter pretty much said the exact same thing. He came boasting of his character, his success, his achievements, his accomplishments, his worth. I'll tell you another thing Naaman came with. Naaman came with the wrong attitude. He stood. Stood in his pride and stood in his arrogance. That's not how a sinner comes to Christ, is it? How does a sinner come to Christ? Look at Isaiah chapter 55. I want, I want, us, I want us to see these these morning from the word of God. Isaiah chapter 55, a sinner comes to Christ empty-handed, empty-handed. Isaiah 55 and verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. This is a true thirst, I tell you. This is a spiritual thirst. This is a thirst for righteousness and life. Christ said, is any man thirst? After the Passover, he said, have you not gotten what you needed from the law? You still thirsty? Come to the waters, and he that hath no money, come, ye buy. How are you going to buy without money? Come, buy, and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Not just without money, but without price. Why? Because that price has already been paid. When Christ died on the cross and shed his blood, he redeemed his people. He paid that debt he did not owe. He accomplished our redemption. That's why it's free. (laughs) And so when we come, how do we come? Without money. We come with nothing to offer. Without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? He is the bread, the bread of life. And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Don't come to Christ with your riches. Don't come to Christ with your money. I mean, he declares in the word of God, the silver and the gold is his. So what does he want that? Why why are you going to present that to him? 
It's all going to be burnt up anyway. By riches, by riches you can obtain favor in this world. If you want favor in this world, I guarantee you riches will get you that. I guarantee you. By riches you can gain power, position, prestige. By riches you can buy anything this world has to offer. Anything. Anything. Riches, though they are held in high esteem by men, are nothing before God. Nothing. What was it, Peter? Was it? He said to Simeon, he said, your money perish with you. The rich will glory in his riches. And he that trusts in his riches shall fall. We are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, are we? But with the precious, precious blood of Christ. Come to Christ empty-handed with nothing to offer as a poor and needy sinner. That's how we come. We come poor. We come needy. And I guarantee you this, if you come to Christ as a poor and needy sinner, he'll have mercy. He will. Blessed are who? The poor in spirit. David said in Psalm 113, he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. And that's where we are, isn't it? The dunghill. You know what he does? That he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. Secondly, a sinner comes to Christ just as he is a sinner. Look at Mark chapter 10. Mark 10 and verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, now he heard the people were saying it's Jesus of Nazareth, but Bartimaeus knew who this man was. Bartimaeus knew who it was that was walking by because he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus knew who this was. This was the son of God. This was the promised Messiah. This was that prophet. And he cried out for mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still 
stood still. What could cause a son of God to stand still? I'll tell you. The shepherd heard the call of his sheep. And he stood still. He came to save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's searching and seeking, finding his sheep. And on this day, one of his sheep cried out for mercy, and he stood still. And commanded him to be called. So he sent forth the commandment for him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. I'll tell you what, when that call comes, it's a comforting call, isn't it? When you hear the Son of God call you, I'll be of good comfort, be of good cheer. He calleth thee. <laughs> Rise, he calleth thee. And look at verse 50. I want to focus on this one. And he, what did Bartimaeus do? Cast off his garment. Just cast it off. Rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. You see, Bartimaeus cast off his garments and came to Christ just as he was a blind sinner. Cast off those garments. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. You know what he did? He followed Jesus in the way. We do not come to Christ in our righteousness. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. We're completely unclean. Our garments are filthy. When a sinner comes to Christ, he casts off his garments and comes just as he is, a sinner. Naaman came not just with the raiment he had on, he had ten others. Bartimaeus cast off those filthy rags. He said, Lord, I need mercy. I need mercy. We do not come to Christ with our righteousness or presenting our righteousness. When we come to Christ, we come needing and seeking his righteousness and confessing him as our righteousness. He is the Lord, our righteousness. And we cast off our garments and count them but absolute dung. Paul talked about that in Philippians 3. He, he, he talked about all those things which he had one time trusted in. All those things which at one time he looked at as his salvation. But he said, what things were gained to me, those I counted lost but Christ. When we sang just a little bit, we stand on whose merit? The merit of Christ. That's whose merit we stand on. He said, well, what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them but dung, worthless, nothing, nothing. I count them but dung that I may win Christ and 
be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. It is his faithfulness to the law. He fulfilled the law. He obeyed the law and established the righteousness, the only righteousness. And it's that righteousness by faith. He gives us faith to look to him. Abraham believed. Believed. Don't come to Christ with your righteousness. Come to him for righteousness, and you'll be made the righteousness of God in him. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We come empty-handed as a poor and a needy sinner. And we come just as we are, a sinner. Not in our righteousness, in our works, boasting of some kind of worth. We come as a sinner, needing mercy. Thirdly, a sinner comes to Christ seeking the mercy and grace of Christ. Naaman had a letter of recommendation. We have nothing, nothing to recommend us to God for salvation. Nothing. Men will boast of their heritage. They'll boast of their, their church membership, their, their, their Bible reading, their church attendance, their decisions, their works, their faith, and on and on. On and on. Read in Matthew, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? Many wonderful works. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Man has nothing to recommend him to God. And the word of God plainly and clearly reveals this. What are you going to boast of? Will you come with your righteousness? As it is written, written in this book, the word of God, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. None. So our Are we going to come based upon our righteousness? Well, God's word declares there's none righteous, no, not one. Will you come with your good works? There's none that do with good, no, not one. Will you come with your wisdom and understandeth? There's none that understandeth. None. Will you come with your decision for Christ? There's none that seeketh after God. None. Will you come with your Christian walk, your Christian talk, your Christian conduct? Your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your throat is an open sepulcher with your tongue, you've used deceit, your mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, you are all gone out of the way and walk in darkness, your feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery are in your ways and the way of peace you do not know. 
That's what our brother read this morning. When a sinner comes to Christ, he does not come based upon his merit, based upon his works, based upon his worth. He comes seeking mercy, grace. Look at Luke chapter 18. Verse 9. And he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. All these other men, they're extortioners, they're unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican over here. And then he went on to establish his credentials. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. This man had an understanding of the holiness of God. And he had an understanding of what he was. And wouldn't even so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven. But smote upon his breast. He had an understanding of where his problem was. saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. (laughs) Rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be Exalted. When a sinner comes to Christ, fourthly, he comes with the right attitude. Naaman came standing in his pride and in his arrogance. But when a sinner comes to Christ, He comes to the feet of the Savior and he comes in the dust and he comes humble and ashamed. Matthew chapter 15.
verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. She knew who this was, just like Bartimaeus. Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and she worshipped him. Worshipped him. Saying, Lord, help. Have we ever cried that? Help me. The truth of the matter is we don't stop crying that, do we? Help me. Help me. What did Peter say? Lord, save me. <laughs> David cries so many times, help me and don't tarry. Make haste. <laughs> I need help. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth. Everything he says is truth. His words are truth. He himself is truth. Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Truth, Lord, what I am is a dog. but I'm your dog. I'm your servant, and you're my master, and I desire those crumbs which fall from your table. Truth. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. <laughs> we come empty-handed, nothing to offer. We come as we are, a sinner. We come seeking God's mercy and God's grace. And we come humbly, bowing before him, worshiping him. Lord, if thou wilt if you're willing to have mercy. I know you're able. We've seen how a sinner comes to Christ, but let me ask you another question. 
how can a sinner come to Christ? How can a sinner come to Christ? The word of God declares that man has no desire nor ability to come to Christ. Christ declared, you will not come to me that you might have life, and no man can come to me. So how can a sinner come to Christ? He tells us, except the Father which sent me, draw him. Draw him. That's how a sinner can come to Christ. God the Father draws us to his Son. And he does so with loving kindness. The means by which the Father draws sinners to his Son is the preaching of the gospel. John 6 says, It is written in the prophets, And they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard, heard, and hath learned how of the Father cometh unto me. It's by the power of God. It's by the call of God. Well, who will come to Christ? Christ declared, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Those whom God the Father chose in his Son before the foundation of the world. Those. Those whom he gave to his Son in the everlasting covenant of grace. And for whom Christ became surety for those. Those for whom he lived as their representative, establishing a righteousness for them. Those for whom he shed his blood on the cross and died for as their substitute. Those who rose in him when he rose from the dead. Those for whom he ever liveth to make intercession for. They shall come. They shall come. All of them. All of them. He said, I finished the work which thou hast given me to do. That work is a finished work. As thou hast given him power over all flesh to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. They shall all come. And he said, all those whom thou hast given me, I haven't lost a one. I haven't lost a one. You might say, well, that limits who can come. No, that's not what I'm saying. This means that there's a hope of salvation for sinners. He spared not the angels. But there's a hope of salvation for sinners, isn't there? And I'll tell you what else this means. This declares that in Christ, it's accomplished. It's finished. It's sure and secure. And that according to the power of God, at the time appointed by God, they shall come. And when the last one comes to Christ, he's going to wrap this whole thing up. The truth of the matter is this. If you do not come to Christ, it's because you don't love him. I want to show you this. Look at John chapter 3. I'm I'm almost done. John chapter 3. John 3, verse 14. 
As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. He was in the world, the world was made by him, the world didn't know him, and the world didn't come to him, receive him not. Why? Because man loves sin, and man by nature is enmity with God. If you do not come, it is because you do not love him. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Hateth. Neither cometh to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh. All that the Father gave me. That his deeds may be made manifest. That they're wrought in God. What's the promise to those who come? To those who come to Christ, poor and needy. To those who come to Christ, just as they are. To those who come to Christ seeking mercy, seeking grace. To those who come to humbly worshiping him. What's the promise to them? He will, in no wise, cast you out. He will receive him. He will. And he will have mercy. He delighteth in mercy. Micah said, who is a God like unto thee? Who delighteth in mercy. (laughs) Who is a God like unto thee? He will give him life. He will give him rest. He will give him peace and comfort. He'll heal He will save. He will preserve. He will keep. And he'll come again and gather them all together. I want to read something real quick and I'll be done. (laughs) Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, 
and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am in waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot, to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind, yea, all I need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because I promise, I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, thy love unknown has broken every barrier down, now to be thine, yea, thine alone. O Lamb of God, I come. Come to Christ. And when we come, we come to a person, don't we? Come. And don't stop. <laughs> Was it Paul that said, to whom coming? <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I hope the Lord will bless us to all.